0: Casper Burrell sat in the back of his black Maybach 62, staring through his gunmetal blue eyes as his men surveyed the area. He watched stoically as Joseph looked, his top lieutenant directed his men and positioned them to minimize any danger to him. His heart was racing, and he could almost feel it pushing through his chest cavity. I only feel this way today, he said under his breath. "'What was that, sir?' the hoarse voice of his driver asked from the front seat. "'Nothing, Frederick. I was just talking to myself,' Caspar responded, his deep, gravelly voice, shaky, as he reached for his weapon and examined it. "'We understand how important this day is to you, sir. However, after what happened to Herman and Arnold, we have to take extra precautions. You know how important you are to the Dragon baron.' Casper's sighed. The last thing I want to do today, Frederick, is for you to remind me about two mutilated men found in compromising positions. I never liked those two anyway. Too much soulless crap. Casper placed his gun back into his holster and rubbed his temple as Joseph Luke walked up to the window. Joseph tapped the window twice to signal that all was clear. Casper pushed the car door open and bounded past Joseph. He stopped midway to the restaurant, turned around, and walked back to him. Casper, who was six foot five inches, loomed over him. His eyes pierced through his vest, and Joseph took a step back. I get that Mike feels this is the best thing to do. I want you to make this as frictionless as possible. I don't want you lurking around and making everything awkward you understand sir I have my orders Joseph began to say see that Casper said leaning in and pointing to a scar that extended from his cheek to his chiseled jaw you were still in diapers when I got that I sure as hell can take care of myself he leaned away turned around and started walking towards the restaurant six men were assigned to Casper and he had accepted them reluctantly. Mike had insisted they follow him everywhere till he figured out what was going on. He insisted they stay around, especially tonight, given how important it was to Casper. Casper walked into the restaurant. Joseph signaled his men, and they approached. I want you to be on the lookout for anything suspicious. We're going to have to give him some space. Let's be as invisible as we possibly can, he paused, and looked around for a few seconds. Hans, we both go in. The rest of you, circle around the block till you get a heads up from me. Can't he see how much danger he is in? Hans muttered as the other men proceeded to their routes. If I insisted, he could have broken me in two. This is the best we can do. It's a ritual for him, and our job is to keep him safe, Joseph responded, checking his weapon one more time before heading towards the restaurant. Welcome to Lowbrow, sir. It's good to see you again, the hostess, in a low-cut dress smiled as Casper approached. We have everything said as you requested. If you'll come this way, she said smiling as she motioned towards the inside of the restaurant. Casper nodded and stepped behind her. He turned around slowly when he heard the latch of the restaurant door close. He frowned as he observed Joseph and Hans step in and look around. Sir, the waitress began, "Your data waits." She said with a smile. Caspar switched his focus away from Joseph, who was training his gun at the front entrance, and towards Navina, and his heart almost burst out of his chest. Navina stood in a lipstick-red badeau gown with extended sleeves and silk-flared skirt that fell to the floor in yielding pleats. Her bantu knots, with hints of grey, extended all the way to her shoulder and she stared lovingly at Casper with her green eyes. The dress complimented her earthy skin tone and she smiled at Casper, who stood with his mouth aghast. Do you like it? Navina looked at her dress and then back at Casper, safe for approval like it Caspar responded I fell in love with you all over again he lunged forward and beer hugged her and she disappeared into his massive frame I took a risk and I was not sure how you would like it she continued snuggling closer to him I'm really glad you do Caspar let her go leaned in and planted a heavy kiss on her face When he finally stopped kissing her, Navina smiled and reached out to clean the red lipstick smear that had been left behind. As she did this, she noticed Joseph murmuring into her hands. Are we going to be okay? Nobody is going to lay a finger on you, my love. They're just here for extra protection. Everything is fine, Casper said into her ear as he rubbed her back gently. Not even Mike could prevent me from enjoying our anniversary dinner. I wouldn't miss this for the world. Your hands have always been very soothing to me, Navina said, sniffling, as she raised her head from his chest to stare at the only man she had ever loved. Don't cry, baby, Gaspar said, wiping the tears from her eyes. He leaned in once again and kissed her on the forehead. Of course, Navina smiled, and stood on her tiptoes as Caspar leaned in for a more passionate kiss. "'Let's have dinner,' Navina finally said, stepping back and heading to the only table in the restaurant. As she strode majestically towards the table, Caspar could feel his eyes dilate. "'You are just as beautiful now as the day I first laid my eyes on you,' he said gently. Navina stopped and turned to him with a serious look on her face. "'Is that so?' She responded, is that what you tell all your mistresses? Mistresses? No. Uh, wait a minute, there, I, Casper began awkwardly, with a confused look, and having a into a fit of laughter. You should see your face. I've always loved how expressive you are, she said, reaching out and slapping him on the shoulder. That was sarcasm, she said, pointing at her face cheekily. We've been married for 25 years, and you still can't tell when I'm joking. Of course I knew you were joking, Casper responded, forcing a weak smile. Of course you did, Navina teased as she got into her seat. She signaled for the waitress. Casper grinned as he took off his coat and sat across from her. What would you like to start with? The waitress asked. I'll have the Vio curry, the smiling Navina declared. And you, sir? I'll start with a sidecar. In about 30 minutes, could you bring a bottle of Chateau Laforique Peregrine? I love that drink, Navina grinned. Only the best tonight, Casper remarked. Of course, I'll be right back with your drinks, the waitress said as she headed into the kitchen. There was another pause as Casper stared at her. Remember the first night I saw you? He began. It was a Joseph's body. A week before we shipped out. Oh, don't remind me of that night, Navina said, covering her face with her palms to hide her embarrassment. I was so nervous when I approached you. After talking to you and hearing you go on and on and on about Shakespeare and his genius. The idea of coming back from the war and kissing your face kept me motivated. I was so infuriated to return and find out you were dating Florian. You know, Navina began, all he did was ask. You have no idea how difficult it was from my perspective. You were my epitome of beauty, glamour, and elegance. Then, to find out you were dating the worst person in the world, I could not reconcile those two ideas. When I heard he hit you, I wanted to kill him. Caspar gritted his teeth as he clenched his fist. I should have left long before you came along. I was young and naive. Navina reached out and touched him, smiling as his fist slowly unclenched. Then you decided to play the hero, and I had to watch in horror as you proceeded to get your ass ceremoniously kicked, she said, laughing. It was Casper's turn to be embarrassed. He was at least twice my size at the time. It keeps growing every year. Don't you dare exaggerate, Navina said mockingly. Casper smiled as Navina's boisterous laugh filled the restaurant. The waitress arrived with drinks. Sidecar, sir? Via carré, madame? I'll be back with the Chateau La Fourie Perigui. She smiled and left. 25 years, huh? Navina began. Did you think we would have lasted this long? Caspar gave a wry smile. I already have plans for our 40th. Navina leaned forward with a cheeky grin. You do, eh? Please, enlighten me. Caspar shook his head vigorously. It's going to be a surprise. Like you know the first thing about surprises, Navina responded with a giggle. Casper rolled his eyes in feigned frustration. Well, I had intended to take you to the restaurant we had our first date. Then, wait. The one where you got so nervous that you spilled red wine on my new dress? That one? Navina caught in with a devilish grin. And yet, here you are, Casper rejoined. You got me there. Considered the smiling Navina. I was going to order the second most expensive thing on the menu, then drive you to the beach where we made love on the first night. Felt more like fucking to me, sneered Navina. You were like a jackrabbit. I was sore for the next few days. Caspar burst into laughter. We're having sex on the ocean, in full view of many homes in Schwarzwald. I really hope you weren't expecting roses, oils, and a back massage. There was a pause as the two lovers stared quietly into each other's eyes. Then as if on cue. They burst into laughter. Before I get all the blame, don't forget, you were the one that suggested we stop and do it there, Casper said. Whatever, Navina exclaimed. I was a lady like no other that night. The waitress arrived with a bottle of Chateau La Faurie Peregrine, which she placed on the table. She smiled at the couple and brought out her notepad. Are you ready to order? Give us a few more minutes, Casper responded. The waitress nodded and left them. When she was out of earshot, Casper turned to Navina and looked solemnly into her eyes. At the beginning of our first date, I had no idea what I was doing. Of where we were going. At the end of the night I knew I wanted to be with you. It was the best decision I ever made and the last 25 years have been more than I ever hoped for." Navina started rubbing the back of her neck slowly. Can I kiss you? Kaspar asked leaning forward. Of course. Navina responded. Kaspar got to his feet and pressed his lips against ours feeling a rush of excitement pulse through every inch of his body. He ran his hands through her thick locks of black hair and made his way to her neck, feeling goosebumps slowly rise there. You know, it's the most unlikely thing. After 25 years of being with you, I can say I'm more in love with you now than ever. You've been my anchor my driving force for success. Stop. Navina sniffed. She hit him playfully on the chest. I don't want to cry anymore. I already messed up my mascara. She motions towards the bottle of champagne. I think it's time for a glass of this. Of course. Caspar replied smiling. They both reached for their glasses. I will say this. Beach sex overrated. Navina said, raising her glass. I was still cleaning sand out of my butt crack two days later. I thought tonight was a night to be a lady, Casper laughed, catching a glimpse of something moving in the window. I'm always a lady, Navina responded cheekily. Here's to more beach, sandy sex in fifteen years, Navina declared with a big grin. And if you're lucky, you might even get some tonight, Casper said, clicking his glass with hers. They took a sip and stared lovingly at each other. There was a deafening silence, and then the wall around them exploded in a hue of orange and shattered glass. The explosion threw Casper across the room with such force, you could see his body contort in strange ways. Darkness. Silence. Darkness. Muffled voices. Darkness. Navina's voice. Like clockwork, Casper sprung to life. It only took him a second to adjust to the orange flame spreading swiftly around the room. He noticed Navina looking around, confused. Her dress was torn, and a mascara formed a trail down her cheek. Casper! Casper, they're coming! Navina screamed, a voice muffled by the impact of the explosion. Caspar lunged forward as the figure of a man appeared through the broken window. He reached for his Ruger SR9 which had been tucked in his back holster and trained it at the man. He pulled the trigger. The sound of gunfire filled the room and Caspar responded like he had been hit with a shot of adrenaline. He pulled the trigger and watched as another man in the distance slumped to his knees, pulled again and watched another duck just in time. Get down Navina, and stay down, he said forcefully. Navina prone to the floor immediately and started dragging herself away from the window. The waitress, who had brought the drinks earlier, stood hunched shoulder, wide eyes, with her arms wrapped around herself. Casper motioned to her to get down, but she just stood there motionless, confused as the bullet whizzed around. A dark puddle was forming around her legs. God damn it, woman! Get down! Casper finally yelled. That seemed to catch her attention as she turned in Casper's direction. Just as she was about to comply, a bullet whizzed through her neck, leaving behind a red plume and blood splatter as she fell back. She landed with a thud and let out a deep guttural sound before a final wheeze. And silence. Casper fell to his knees and turned to Navina, who now seemed a lot more composed. Armed? he yelled across the room. Navina nodded and raised a cold defender 90 which she had pulled from her purse. That's my girl, being true worse. Navina nodded. Casper turned to Joseph, who was using the wall as cover as he fired wildly at the threats. How we doing there? I think we're outnumbered significantly, Joseph yelled back. Fuck, Casper muttered. <clears throat> I think we're outnumbered, Joseph yelled back. Fuck, Casper muttered. What was the contingency plan? There's an unmarked car in the back, Joseph responded. The room fell silent. Joseph peered from the corner of the wall. Fuck, he exclaimed. What's going on? They're closing in from the front, he said, beginning to shoot wildly in the direction of the men. How many do you reckon? Kaspar asked as he changed his clip. I can make out at least 15. Hands? Casper asked. He got hit on the first wave. "'Contingency now!' Casper yelled. "'On my way, bo-' Joseph's declaration was cut short as a man jumped through the broken window and grabbed Joseph in a beer hug. Casper pulled his trigger, hitting the man in the forehead, forcing him back. Joseph stumbled back and fell to the floor on top of the man. He struggled to release himself from the dead man's grip as the footsteps around the restaurant got louder. Navina, Get to the car and get it running!' Caspar shouted momentarily turning his gaze to her. Just as he did, a man jumped through the window perpendicular to Caspar and made a dash for him. Using all the force he could muster, the man slammed into Caspar, forcing him to the floor. The suddenness of the hit caused Caspar to let go of his weapon. He lay helpless as the man towered over him with his gun aimed at his head. Surrender, he screamed. There was a gunshot and the man fell to one knee. An incredulous look appeared on his face as he slowly turned to Navina, who was on her knee with a look of fierce anger across her face. Bitch, he said as he turned his weapon towards her. Navina pulled the trigger two more times. The bullet passed through his chest and head, and he was forced back, hit on the floor with a loud thud. Casper turned to her, a quick smile on his face, then it disappeared. Car, now, shoot anything that moves. She nodded and made a dash through the kitchen. They got vehicles, boss. Joseph, who was once again crouching by the window, yelled out urgently. Now he's as good as any time to make a run for it. Oh, shit, Joseph exclaimed as a flurry of bullets from an assault weapon filled the room. Are you hit? Casper yelled. I don't think so. Joseph responded when the flurry ended. Joseph fired from behind cover in the direction of the men he had seen. After about nine shots, there was a loud scream. Who the fuck are these guys? Casper called out. How the fuck did they get all this gear right under our noses? Now isn't the time for analysis, boss? Head to the car. I'll cover you. Joseph responded, reloading his gun. Two men appeared at the window and jumped through the broken glass. Casper shot at them, but missed. As Casper reloaded his weapon, he watched as Joseph was overwhelmed. A gun was placed on his head, and Casper watched, helplessly, as the bullet passed through his skull. A heaviness came over him, as more and more men appeared around him. He had only one thought in his head, Navina. He threw caution to the wind, jumped to his feet, pushing forcefully through the kitchen door, his mind racing wildly. I'll kill anyone who lays a finger on her, he muttered as he dashed through the kitchen past the kitchen staff who were hiding in place. Kasper burst into the parking lot, where some men stood, weapons drawn were pointed at the floor. Casper's hands trembled as his eyes darted wildly. Why are you not shooting at me? Where is she? Casper asked icily, pointing his weapon at the men. You better start fucking talking, he said, shooting two warning shots into the sky. None of the men made a move to retaliate or fire at him and Casper felt a wave of uneasiness as more men appeared from the kitchen, all moving slowly towards him. What the fuck is going on here? Casper screamed. He turned wildly, looking at the men. If you don't start talking, I'm going to start shooting every single one of you. There was no response. Navina! He shouted, pointing the gun at a random guy. He pulled the trigger and the man screamed out in agony as blood sprayed out from his kneecap. He fell into a heap and rolled on the ground, grasping at it. But none of the men retaliated or made a move to help the man who was rolling on the floor. What the hell is going on here? Who are you? He asked, walking up to one of the men and placing the gun on his temple. Why are you not saying anything? Where is my wife? You all have ten seconds of this piece of shit gets a bullet through his skull. Ten! Caspar looked around for any kind of reaction. Nine! Eight, seven, six, five, say something, damn it. This piece of shit is going to die. He looked all around him and saw sweat roll down the forehead of the man he had just gun pointed at. Four, three, two. I do implore you to calm down. A voice finally said from the back we do not need any more people dying tonight Casper turned his gun towards the slickly dressed man who was walking confidently towards him where is she you have my assurances that your wife Navina is safe and sound she is a tough one captain it took a lot of convincing to get her to cooperate the man stopped about 10 feet from Casper She killed two of my best men, he said, pointing to two lifeless bodies. Casper hadn't noticed. I love those men like brothers. You're going to lose a lot more tonight if you don't start talking, Casper said, aiming his gun squarely at the man who was reeling in pain. Oh, I am well aware of that, Captain, the man said. We wouldn't dare hurt her, I can assure you that. My boss just wants to talk talk all my men are dead my wife is missing and you tell me you just want to talk i doubt we could have gained an audience with you otherwise i have a feeling if i just walked in and asked i would have been shot immediately the man said shrugging where is navina casper asked again she is safe i will put a bullet in your head if you don't bring her out here Casper said, pointing his gun squarely at the man. The man signaled with his hand, and a guard stepped forward with a weapon pointed at Navina's head. Are you all right, baby? Casper called out to her. Navina nodded. Let her go, she said, turning to the man. That I cannot do. My instructions are to bring you in. As long as those directions are met, everyone Remaining will be okay. If you pull that trigger, I can assure you that your wife here will meet a most gruesome end, and you would be party to that show. My boss just wants to talk. There was a pause as Casper pondered the situation. Who is your boss? Captain, I have no intention of spoiling the surprise the man said with a wry smile. And the purpose of the talk? I'm not privy to that information, Captain. I just have to bring you in. Let's say I decide to talk. What happens to my wife? She drives home, and in a few days or weeks, she'll be back safely with her. Just like that. Just like that, Captain. She goes home, Get a good rest, and you see her as soon as our boss is done with you. Casper thought for a minute then slowly lowered his gun. The man signaled to two of his men who walked up to disarm Casper. You'll have to indulge us, the man said, pointing to some rope and a gag. We don't need you drawing attention to us once we leave here. Standard practice. I understand, Casper said grudgingly. I just need to tell my wife one more thing. Of course, Captain. The man signaled for his men to bring Navina closer. We've been through worse, my love, Caspar said to his teary eyed wife. We'll make it through this too. Okay? Navina nodded. Two men walked up to Caspar with a rope and a gag and secured him. They picked him up and placed him in the trunk of a packed Mercedes Benz. The man in charge walked up to the trunk of the Benz, reached into his pocket, And pulled out a cigar and lighter he lit the cigar took a long puff and blew the smoke into the air i never introduced myself he said turning to casper my name is heinrich Jens. i have to say you've always been a big hero of mine and i'm really looking forward to making your acquaintance he took another puff of his cigar and exhaled then reached for the trunk and began to close it he hesitated and then said, one more thing, happy anniversary. He slammed the trunk shut and signaled to the driver, then took another long puff and watched quietly as the bands drove away.